Hey you guys, Coco Moco here, and today I have a really special guest on. Her name is Nora. She is known on TikTok as Wellness by Nora. She has over a million followers. Billie Eilish has, loves her and has commented on her stuff. And her real mission has been making Pilates accessible to everyone. But I think when you dive deeper into her account, there's a lot of things that you can learn from her strategies and how she's really grown her platform and why I think she's really the future of what creators look like and what their missions look like. And we really dive deep into that in this interview that I think you'll really enjoy here. Uh, we get into how she was at a corporate job and when she left, she got replaced the same day. And then we get into the 30-day Pilates challenge she did that got the attention of Billie Eilish. And then we go into her mission to make her teachings accessible and Pilates accessible and how that mission is what has really made people want to join her community. Really, it seems like whether they're doing Pilates or not, they just love that when they are watching her videos or watching her lives, they're seen and they're heard. And that's a really special thing. So I'm so excited for this interview. I've talked with and worked with Nora for a couple weeks now, and she's really one of my favorite people that I've met. She's really genuine. She's truly passionate about what she does. And it's not just an act on TikTok. She really, really cares about this space. And I think that shows through in her videos. I always say the most authentic creators are the ones that would be doing the things they're doing online, whether a camera was filming or not. And she's the definition of that. And then right before we jump into the interview, I also want to get into an update from my last episode. I talked about how I was kind of hurt by a few videos I had seen of TikTokers. They were pointing out how everyone's views were low and then they were using me as an example and I was really hurt by that. You know, Saturn return is starting just extra sensitive, but it actually turned into a great thing. I got to talk to both creators and it became mutuals with one of them. And I'd already been mutuals with another. And I think it's really turning into something positive. And I'm really glad that I got to talk to them. They were not malicious at all. In fact, they described that they used my account because people look up to me and they might feel like if they see that even my views are down at a time when the algorithm is changing, then they're going to be okay too. And so that really put things into perspective for me and realized that, you know, I still stand by what I said about being vulnerable, but that I don't think maybe they were the ones that I should have allowed to be my catalyst because that wasn't their intention. So all is well that ends well. And I just wanted to update you guys on that front. So with that being said, we're just going to dive right into this Nora interview, and I hope that you guys really enjoy it because I did, and Nora has a special place in my heart as a creator and now a friend, and I hope you enjoy this. Thank you. Will you tell my audience just little bit about you if they have. I'm sure they've seen you, but if they haven't, and then what was mm -hmm. the first video that you would say really gave you an audience? Thank you so much for having me, Coco. This yes. is a dream come true for me. You're Yay. absolutely one of my favorite um, people to follow on TikTok, and you've helped me so much more than you mm -hmm. know. Um, my name's Nora, and the first video that gave me an audience 
was a stitch that I did about what's something that I wasn't prepared for in the corporate world. And I said, mm. no matter how much work you do, you're always disposable. And I shared a story of being replaced on the same day that I decided to leave a company. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow I went in in the morning. I told them I didn't want to work there anymore. And within three hours, they replaced me with a temp. Wow. Mm -hmm. Was this um, related to your career in Pilates or was it like you said corporate? So was it something totally it was, separate? It was a, it was my first career in the corporate world. And wow. um, that was one of the things that led me to leaving the book publishing mm -hmm. industry and becoming a Pilates instructor. Um, wow. But the missing context was at the time I was the social media manager so they needed somebody to be there to monitor the accounts to continue posting on the accounts. It didn't mm -hmm. have anything to do with my competency. It it had to do with the need to have somebody there right away. Um, yeah. But I think why that video uh, did well is um, a lot of people have either gone through the same thing, been replaced on the same day or within mm -hmm. a few days or within a week. And if you... If that hasn't happened to you, that's happened to somebody you know. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think the videos that did well, they just resonated with people. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And and in that same vein, was there a video that you cuz I know now you're really known as being a voice in the Pilates world and mm -hmm. someone that people look to for guidance. Did you ever feel mm -hmm. like there was a certain video that you made that pushed you in that direction of being known as like someone who does Pilates on TikTok and is an authority in that space? Um, there was a video from Imani, Crutches and Spice. She made oh, a video yeah. about the accessibility of my Pilates videos, wow. which was really great. And that not only opened me up to her audience, I actually mm -hmm. had people buy Pilates classes from me through that wow mm -hmm. and then wow. there were a couple of other creators who who said that I was doing great things for the disability community um and then helped too and then wow. it was recently in the last few weeks um when some um other people on TikTok have made TikToks saying can somebody recommend a Pilates teacher who understands mm -hmm. chronic pain? Can somebody recommend a queer-friendly Pilates wow. teacher? Everybody starts tagging me in the comments. So, mm -hmm. Or if somebody's had a bad experience with Pilates, people tag me and say, Nora will help you. Nora will help you sort things mm -hmm. out. Nora will give you a better experience. So that's wow. kind of how I knew that I was being known less for mm -hmm. the bullying, like going through the yeah. bullying that I went through and more yeah. um, for the Pilates when people started recommending wow. me, which is great. Wow. Wow. I yeah. love that. That that reminds me of one of my favorite kind of sayings in the industry. I always hear on this one podcast called Colin and Smear, but they say, you should look at your platform as a group chat, not a performance. And so like Absolutely. your followers are just as important in the conversation and the fact that they feel um, open enough to like tag you in videos and um, recommend you or ask for your advice, I think is Absolutely. shows the power of community there. 
hugely. Yeah. And I think also it was at your recommendation that I started doing live streams. Mm -hmm. And so I started initially just popping on and doing a half an hour class and then I would mm -hmm. pop off the live. But then I started doing a class and then chatting with everybody. And that yeah. really helped to build a sense of community. And then I started asking everybody, what do, what do you need? What kind of classes do you want and need? So then I started taking everybody's feedback as to what they need. So sore yeah. shoulders, you know, uncomfortable in pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, they're trans and they can't find anybody who accommodates them. Uh, back yeah. pain is huge. It's like universal. So yeah. I started kind of taking everybody's suggestions and asking everybody what they needed. And when they felt included and they felt that I was listening to what they were saying, it, mm -hmm. it really helped to build a sense of community and, and a sense of togetherness. And lots of people say mm -hmm. that my lives are their safe space and they feel welcome and they feel, wow. they feel seen, which is great. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's, that's mm -hmm. amazing. And it's not something mm -hmm. a lot of people can go viral, but not everyone can make the people who see them feel safe and included in their, um, in their community. Um, and that leads yeah. me to my next question. What is some of your more like viral formats that you do on TikTok? Um, the first one that went viral was the stitch. Stitches, I, okay. then the other ones that went viral were when I was, res I made video responses to bullying comments. Wow. I but that's how I started kind of being known as the person who was responding to negative comments all the time. And I didn't want to be known just for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I've noticed that um, some, not all, but the most popular videos just in terms of views are mm -hmm. um, video responses to comments, um, duets and stitches um, wow. and reaction videos too. Okay. So. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. I I know I've seen a lot of yours where, for example, a viral one I saw recently was someone like, oh, my leg is shaking like this during this Pilates move mm -hmm. and you stitch it. And we're like, that should not be happening. Like, that is good. true. Yeah. But so many people tagged me in the comments of that video and said, Nora, what do you think of this? What's your opinion on this? Yeah. yeah. And then the thing is that that comment section was like marmite there was no gray area the oh. it was so polarized people mm -hmm. either said thank you i've never considered this before you know this yeah. explains why i can't get out of bed for two days after i exercise or nora you're totally wrong so wow. it, there was there was no there was no gray area you at lost. all it was either you're right or you're wrong so right yeah. i didn't expect that video to hit a million within a day at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh maybe it's part of that polarizing is what drives it as well. And I always think that people who are um, kind of like authorities or experts in their field, similar to what you do or what I do, I always love having the option for, for example, for you live streams or for me, it's kind of the longer videos or podcasting where I always notice that when I have more time to explain my point or what I'm saying, it, lessens the blow and it's less polarizing because people can see mm -hmm. how I got to that end conclusion like that it's not just black and white and people understand the nuance more I think when you have the ability to like dive in deeper 
Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be a common thing. Now Mm -hmm. I have a question that's two parts. So what would you say is one of the best things about going viral? And then what has been one of like the worst things that you would maybe kind of advise people if they're like, I want to be a TikTok star. What is something that you would warn others about? Okay. I'm going to start with the worst and then I'm going to say the best because I would rather kind of have the best as an antidote to the worst part of it. Um, Perfect. the, The worst part of it is that complete strangers feel entitled to say whatever they want to with Mm -hmm. no consequences and no accountability. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I really can't stand about TikTok, to be honest, is that people can come back under multiple accounts and continue to say mean things. Whereas if you block somebody on Instagram, you can Mm -hmm. block whatever accounts they create afterwards. Mm -hmm. But yeah. There was one point where there was somebody who created 17 different hate accounts toward me within four days. Yeah. Whoa. And continued to say horrible things to me under 17 different accounts. Oh my. Yeah. I, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry that happened. That's, that's Thank so you. uncalled for and just... Obviously, they felt like they were getting some attention from it and they couldn't get attention from talking about their own things that interest them or cool things about Mm -hmm. them. They had to use other people as a crutch and a mean, you know, way to – that's awful. How did you figure out it was like the same person? Was it just they were – Because – Kept tagging They they kept um, using unflattering pictures of me and like making the account with my name in it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that, I just said, you know, who has the time yeah. to, to do this? Who has the time to make 17 different accounts just to try to mock me and hurt me right. and ridicule me? So yeah. that that was probably one of the worst things I went mm-hmm. through. It's just the lack of accountability. Uh, yeah. And the best thing is the flip side of that is everybody who has been nice to me and everybody who has been kind to me and also being recognized out in the world. Everybody Mm. who's recognized me has always been so sweet to me, so complimentary, so kind. And I've made some of my best friends now in my real life through TikTok. Oh, wow. Mm. I love that. That's, that's awesome to hear that. It's like, you know, for every one mean person, there's a hundred supporters either silently or not or they're the loudest cheerleaders in your life um Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and I always say too I wish sometimes TikTok had the um a feature and Reddit's pretty rampant as well but Reddit has this one feature where you can see you can go on someone's profile and see the history of every comment they've ever left um Mm -hmm. I sometimes wish TikTok had something like that where people were kind of held accountable for the things that they're saying publicly and like employers. Yeah. Like if they apply for a job with a certain email, I wish people could. And I guess this goes into the conversation of privacy, but like I sometimes wish there was some accountability there where people in their lives could look up their email and see every mean comment they've ever left on other people's Mm -hmm. social media. I think it would make people be more aware and realize the humanity 
behind the co- videos they're commenting on and their own humanity and that they don't just have to be this like monster mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I'm glad to hear that you've, that you've had really great experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And now that leads me to what initially inspired you to make a TikTok in the first place? Uh, this is a, this is a two part answer. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't having a lot of success with Instagram Mm -hmm. and I tried really hard for years to build Instagram and Mm -hmm. I converted maybe six people in Mm -hmm. years on Instagram trying to build a platform. Mm -hmm. And then I said, well, a lot of people are on TikTok right now. Why don't I give it Mm -hmm. a try? And also because Billie Eilish made a public TikTok (laughs) and I would follow Billie to the ends of the earth. So so I also got the TikTok because Billie had a public Mm -hmm. TikTok. So, yeah. Wow. And and I know you said it's two parts, so I don't mean we can always jump back if we need to, but that actually leads me to another question of the story about Billie Eilish. Mm -hmm. And then we can get back mm-hmm. maybe into, but I wanted to, yeah. I want you to share that story because that's so fascinating to me. Yeah, of course. So what happened is I, I looked up, like I've done this before and you've probably done this before is mm-hmm. use TikTok like a search engine. Yes. Um, and um, it's funny because a few months ago I had surgery and instead of Googling how to use a, uh, this like surgical shower sponge you have to wash your body with before surgery, mm-hmm. I said, there's probably a video on TikTok that shows you how to use it. So I didn't <laughs> Google it. I looked it up on TikTok and I learned how to wash my body with this surgical sponge, uh, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, yeah. But so I kind of used TikTok like that as a search engine. I just looked up what are people looking for when they look up Pilates and one of the first things that came up was Pilates challenge 30 days and said, I said, okay, I'll make a 30 day challenge with 30 exercises, like one exercise a day and people can come Mm -hmm. back to it the whole month and try out the new exercises. And then I said, well, how do I make this fun? How do I make this relevant? Well, what's my biggest dream as an instructor to teach Billie Mm -hmm. Eilish? So, um, me and my videographer, we she came and she filmed me and we called it all the good girls do pilates after her song all the good girls go to hell so it's called all the good girls do pilates yeah and the amazing thing about that series is last i checked i think it has over 11 million views the hashtag has over 11 million views now yeah and um uh so the great thing is that People were tagging Billy multiple times in the comments on every video. Um, Yeah, and that was great. And then it's funny because I posted another challenge in January. And in Mm -hmm. comparison to the Billy challenge, it bombed. But I realized, I realized the Billy challenge did well, not because of the Pilates, but because everybody believed in my dream and they wanted me to achieve my dream of getting Billy to notice me. Right. So it wasn't the Pilates. It was the collective Mm. belief of everybody rallying behind me to get Billy to notice me. And I, I didn't realize it until I had something to compare it to. Right. Mm -hmm. And people made videos and said, you know, 
this is so heartbreaking that Billy hasn't noticed Nora yet and she's working so hard and oh. et cetera, et cetera, which was really sweet. But to be honest, yeah. I didn't really expect that anything was going to come of it. Mm -hmm. But um, my videographer was um, is a reporter and a journalist in addition to being a photographer, videographer, musician. She is incredible. There's like no end to her wow. talents. She's amazing. <laughs> and yeah. so... We did like an FAQ session where she basically asked me all the frequently asked questions that I get asked about Pilates all the time and mm -hmm. completely unscripted. She says to me, why do you love Billie Eilish so much? And I just lit up and oh. I started laughing. And then we were talking about the series that we filmed together because she filmed me doing the whole series. Right. And she said, well, what were you hoping for with this series you did for Billy? And I said, well, I wanted to be able to reach Billy and teach her a class. And I thought I would be able to reach some new people if I did a series for 30 days where you would come back every day and there's a progression with all the exercises. And then I said to her, why don't we post this TikTok about why I love Billy on the same day that her Vanity Fair interview goes out on YouTube? Because that's the day she's going to be most likely to see mm. this TikTok because yes. everybody's going to be talking about the Vanity Fair interview, right? Yes. So I posted it on the same day that the Vanity Fair interview went out. And then the next day, I was teaching a class on live. And then my comments went berserk. And I was like, oh, what is going on? And Everybody started saying, Nora, go look at your comments. And I was like, oh my God. what? And they were like, Billy just commented. And I said, no, she didn't. There's no way. And they were like, oh. yes, yeah, she did. And I said, no, no, there's no way she commented. And then I looked at my phone and she did. She oh. did. And I screamed, I screamed so loudly. <laughs> That is so, and she said, I love you, right? She I said, I, I love you. Yeah. She said, oh I love God. you. Yeah. That is so amazing. Do you remember what day of your 30 day challenge that she did? Like how long it took until this happened? Or was it a little bit after um, the challenge had ended? It happened. She, she commented on November 29th. So okay. the Vanity Fair interview went out on November 28th. She commented on November 29th. So the wow. series had been over for almost a month. And to be okay. honest, I'd kind of given up hope. But lots oh. of people had been asking me, you know, has Billy commented yet? And when she did comment, again on the whole collective belief, everybody was like, we've been waiting for this for months. We're so happy for you. Finally, you deserve this. Yes. You know, it finally happened. Like, it was mm -hmm. the fact that everybody was behind me more yeah. than the Pilates. It was, it was everybody supporting me that that made that series as successful as it was. Wow. So. And so that that actually leads me to like a side question, but do you have a background in marketing? Because I mean, it's just so genius to think to post it on a day that she's going to be promoting an interview and maybe mm -hmm. more active in her notifications. What's your yeah. background there? Yeah, I, I used to work in book publishing and I, I worked okay. in marketing. I worked in marketing and social media and blogging for over a decade okay. before I became a Pilates instructor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm like, that's not, mm -hmm. you know, some people are very intuitive with social media, but there's also just some 
some like there's just some things that you would know to do if you'd been in it in a while and that's a strategy mm-hmm. that is really like mm-hmm. high level but I mean sounds simple yeah. in practice but it's smart that that it worked out like that um yeah. that's awesome that's like one of my favorite mm-hmm. stories and the power of social media um yeah, absolutely and then um so that now leads me more to um I want to talk about gearing back towards like Pilates and your TikTok platform. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's any misconceptions out there about Pilates and the practice of Pilates? So, so many misconceptions. Mm. So, so many. And I've also made a lot of content on Instagram and on TikTok about Mm. the misconceptions about Pilates. Um, And my platform itself, in terms of Pilates for disability, Pilates for beginners, Pilates for members of the LGBT community, that is challenging so many of the misconceptions, so many of the assumptions. Um, Because one of the biggest misconceptions is that it's only for women who are already strong, already flexible, Mm -hmm. or it's for wealthy women who don't have anything better to do with their time. Mm -hmm. But it was literally created by a man. And (laughs) he... um, and he created the practice of Pilates to heal disability and, and injury. So it's wow. become very, very fitnessized and very much about aesthetics now. Mm-hmm. But it, it is it has its basis in the the treatment of injury and disability. So a lot of people yeah. say things to me like, oh, you're making Pilates accessible, but it always has been. Every mm-hmm. exercise has at least two or three different ways to do it, different modifications. And you can mm-hmm. use props like a stability ball, a flex band, a fitness circle, uh, toning balls, weights. You can make things, you can have progressions and regressions it's always been accessible. Maybe I'm just helping to publicize that a little bit more, but it's always been a very, very accessible practice. And I wouldn't be able to do Pilates if, if it weren't accessible. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah. I've learned so much even from just following you and how I, I was like blindsided by those misconceptions as well. I always thought Pilates is like what you know, these Pinterest people promote to look a certain way and mm-hmm. you like, they really, I think leaned into it and advertised it in a way of like physically this like before and after transformation. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe some of those thumbnails were even edited to give false beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so to know now through you that Pilates was actually made as a way to heal people or for people with disabilities, I think mm-hmm. is, is really, it's like, you know, the power of TikTok and the people that make some of these videos that are able to kind of rewrite history the correct way versus the glamorized oh, over, oversold mm-hmm. way. There, I think there definitely is a place for aesthetic Pilates. Mm-hmm. I think there is a place for any type of Pilates that you want to do because yeah. exercise of any kind is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely a place for aesthetic Pilates if that's something you want to do. Yeah. But it's so much more versatile than that. And it's so mm-hmm. much it's so much for mental health and for um, anxiety, stress, depression, um, post-op, pre-op, prenatal, postnatal, um, injury mm-hmm. prevention. Because so many people go to Pilates 
when they're at the end of their wits because they had a car accident 10 years ago and they still have neck pain, they still have back pain and other things weren't working and then they go to Pilates and they feel better. But if you go to Pilates before your injury happens, you can help to prevent an injury or when you're injured, it's not as bad and the recovery is faster and a lot easier. Wow. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. um, great to know. And mm-hmm. that leads me to my next question, um, which okay. is what do you think is a common misconception about having followers online? Um, that it automatically makes you wealthy. Um, yeah. And that it will automatically give you a brand new career. It can, but not mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, this this isn't particular to TikTok, but I was thinking about this this morning. Think about Rebecca Black, right? Rebecca yeah. Black went viral for that song Friday. What did that do for her? That that put her in a space of being this target of ridicule and mockery yes. and bullying and and abuse. So going Mm -hmm. viral can be incredible but not all the time and it can also take a lot longer than people think to make a career out of it or start making money from it because Mm -hmm. a lot of people think one viral video will equal will equal a completely different life life. and in some ways it can but Mm -hmm. but not all the time and it can yeah. take a little bit longer to to build it up and you know there's a saying in the music industry here today gone later today so <laughs> you might be relevant on TikTok for a week you might be relevant for a month you might be relevant for an hour you might mm-hmm. be relevant one day 6 months down the line and then you're not relevant you're not relevant the yeah. next day so so I think, I think everybody's creator journey is really different and we have to honor that. Yeah. No, I love, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love, I'm totally, I agree a hundred percent. I think for me working behind the scenes and working with creators are seeing more and more, especially since TikTok, but the faster that people get famous, the faster the shelf life can be. And Mm -hmm. like, I think it, it, there's a saying in marketing as well that it's not about how many followers you have, but it's about who follows you. And like there's there could be someone who, for example, food creators make a lot of money, even if they only have 100,000 followers because mm-hmm. they are making videos about a product that people have to buy three times or more a day, which is food. Mm-hmm. But like if you make a video that goes viral once about a Maserati, people aren't going to go buy a Maserati every day. So you aren't going to be able to really monetize that in the long run. So yeah, it's real. I think people have that misconception that once you have like a million followers, it equals a million dollars. And that's Mm -hmm. not the case at all. In fact, it's how you go viral and what you go viral for that often Mm -hmm. ends up being how you're able to monetize it. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. it's and it's what you do with it afterwards that matters. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that yeah. community, like we were talking about earlier, is so important because um, you know, people want to feel like they're 
accepted somewhere. They want to feel like they're seen somewhere. And absolutely, everyone can go viral nowadays, but not everyone can make people feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's often the deciding factor of how successful someone is in the long run. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that leads me to my next question, which is what do you plan to do next with your Pilates career? I just started launching um, pre-recorded workouts on an app called Playbook. So this actually came from an idea from um, Call Me Chris, who is one of the biggest, if not the biggest um, Canadian creator on TikTok. She made a video about how she sees other creators with their life together. And she was saying, you know, the makeup on my face is from yesterday. This is my third cup Mm. of coffee. And I... I stitched the video and I said, Chris, why don't I make you a Pilates workout for days when you feel lazy? So you know you have to get a workout in, but you really just don't feel like it. In England, Mm -hmm. we say you just can't be arsed to do it. So (laughs) bang, 500 comments in that video saying, Nora, where can I buy this? I need this too. This is perfect for me. This is exactly what I need. So I made a... I made three different workouts, one for a lazy day when you need more energy, one for a lazy day when you need something calm and relaxing, and one for a lazy day if you're feeling lazy because you're in pain or you're uncomfortable. So I recorded those, and two of the three are up on the Playbook app now. Amazing. And I've I've recorded a few more workouts Um, this past weekend. I recorded a few more workouts for um, the Playbook app, and I'm going to be posting, I hope, at least one workout a week. Awesome. And is that something people can find at the link in your bio? What do you think is the Mm -hmm. easiest? Mm -hmm. Yeah? Okay, perfect. One question that I ask all of my guests, which is, what is something that you think is going to be trendy or just more popular, like in in the next year? And then what is something that you think is going to be outdated? Um, I don't know if it's going to be outdated, but I hope it's going to be outdated is this pink Pilates princess trend where um, some people on TikTok are relying more on their attractiveness to sell their Pilates oh. programs than their actual skill as Pilates mm-hmm. teachers. Um, yeah. I... Um, I see a lot of instructors demonstrating workouts, but not actually teaching it. So they don't provide Mm -hmm. breath cues or talk about muscle engagement or talk about things you have to know to protect your body as you're doing exercises. And actually one of my clients who works with me came to me because she was injured doing somebody else's TikTok Pilates workouts. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I think, I, I hope this, this trend of some instructors relying more on their thinness, their beauty, and their youth to sell their programs mm-hmm. uh, um, not necessarily goes away, but pivots a little bit more towards actual teaching instead of demonstrating yeah. because they're successful because they can use their appearance to sell a transformation that people want, but they're not saying that they're complementing this with going for a run four days a week. 
um, yeah. and, you know, changing their diet. They're just trying to sell this as this is what Pilates does for you when it can, but it has to be in combination with other things. Right. And, yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah. sorry, what are you going to say? And I, I, I just hope that there is more of a trend well, and that it, it's a, it's a trend, but it becomes more of a, like a, a long-term thing of more inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, more inclusivity for people who feel unwelcome in the wellness and fitness industry, both on the client side and on the professional side, because I've also mm-hmm. had lots of professional fitness trainers, yoga teachers, uh, Pilates teachers say to me, you know, I'm trans and I'm a trainer and you've given me the strength to show up authentically as me. Um, And so that I just hope that other people who would feel, who feel marginalized in the wellness community can feel stronger to show up authentically because that's how we're going to get more people doing Pilates is the more representation, the more Mm -hmm. authentic representation we have the better